everyone and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon. And I'm Jess. And today we have a special guest with us. We have a human rights advocate and a mental health advocate, Natalie Whitmore. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so Hi. much for coming on today's episode. We're so happy to have you. I guess sort of jumping straight into things, the past 10 months have been crazy and, you know, very challenging worldwide and just how have you been coping? How have you been affected, I guess, by the pandemic and sort of, I guess, being a mental health advocate? How has your mental health been? Yeah, I think that's such a huge question because the scope of it, I mean, we've been in lockdown, we've been in this pandemic for so long now. Mm. So I feel like there's definitely been different stages to it when definitely. people ask me that question. It actually kind of gets me like, oh, well, I mean, at one point I was like this and then one point I was like this. Um, <laughs> for me, it's been it's been a journey. I feel like definitely um, being like a quote unquote young person and then mm. having a birthday, which, you know, sets me on it, onto that, you know, into the more later 20s. Mm. I've definitely grown through this pandemic. Right. Um, I went into it a woman of God a woman of faith and I feel like my faith has definitely helped me in that time I think when I say growth I definitely grew um, with God in the first um, pandemic and just through my faith a lot and I know that a lot of people did connect to, to God more because we had those still times we had those quiet times so yeah that was a big part of like coping I think just getting closer to God just speaking more being truthful I think when um not to make it all about God obviously no, no, that's, about... that's the truth like that's fine yeah yeah and I think a big part of that um is the humility and being very self-reflective and just bringing yourself to someone that is higher than yourself um and a part of that is that yeah you need humility to do that and I feel like when you're going through change like a pandemic having that self-reflection with love and with kindness of course um that kind of lends an approach to it but having that humility and to say okay I can't control this situation mm. I don't have it all figured out really helped me to like really grow through this but it has been a challenging time for everyone I mean mental health I wasn't a mental health advocate so much I was but not like professionally or publicly right. so much before the pandemic I've just seen that um young people have been really really affected by this and mm. I've had my own mental health journey a few years back so I was able to just really relate to what people are going through right now but a big part of looking at the pandemic as a whole um to summarize as well is there is a time of change but I really do always see opportunity in change opportunity to grow and I feel like that is definitely like you know represented through a lot of people who are saying okay this is the quote-unquote new normal how mm. am I adapting to this situation we've seen like so many people we created we've seen so many businesses made in this time we've seen people yeah. do stuff that they just really love all while we're all enduring and we're also having this shared experience so I think I mean going off that is knowing that you know we're not alone in this and we mm. all are having the shared experience I feel like uh, there's a beauty in it apart from obviously the unfortunate you know um result of it which is deaths and and yeah. separation and isolation but there but the other side of it is that there is this beauty that is a shared experience and it is what we make of it. And I think there's been a lot of people raising their voice and, and not allowing just the norm to be the norm anymore. Um, and I'm sure we'll get more into that as well. <laughs> yeah. within, within the show today. I mean, wow, what an optimistic person. I, my gosh, mm. like everything that you have as an outlook on on pretty a, a pretty crappy year for a lot of people you've sort of completely seen it with such a light which I absolutely love and I think it's difficult to do that it's it's a difficult thing to 
go through something that it's so new it's so weird and I think it's quite difficult for a lot of people to find the positives and to to feel uplifted and I think it's great that you're able to sort of reflect and and recognize all those things like you said you're not um blind to all of the negative things that have happened but wow what a positive start (laughs) so um before we started recording you were actually telling us that I mean not to bring the mood down but that you had actually been working and that um like many people you you didn't get your contract renewed what was the job that you were doing because it was very much about helping people wasn't it yeah so um I mean this was at a time I was 24 and um graduated two two years before that two three years before that I graduated with a journalism degree and I really really like not had a hard time but really stumbled through getting into the industry so it was quite a battle um Mm. actually getting into like the big industry I did get there in the end but then when I got there let's say you know the BBCs the ITVs and and those places I realized that there's just they're just not covering what I want to talk about and what I care about right Um, so the job that I went into was an internship with a social innovation a company that works in human rights and and voicing and um, social movements and works with big charities to create campaigns for social wow. change and it, it did feel like the job I was like oh finally this is you know what I've been leading I've to made it long. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was everything I care about they talked about stuff from women's um, women's health sexual health to uh, voting rights to you know black black people's right to climate change like it was all these kind of amazing things mm. Unfortunately, my contract, yeah, just ended just before um, the pandemic started, which was, again, it's one of those things, like, <laughs> if, I, if I could change it, I would have. But in the end of the day, like, you really have to take change, you know, as an opportunity. So even though it was it was a difficult time, um, mm-hmm. I just had to realise, like, that that me that was in that job doing that that's done now and Mm. I need to grow and take what I've learned and and build off of that um which I was able to do so I was um I went and volunteered with the women's equality party soon after that to use like voicing and campaigning for their campaigns and they don't just um cover women even though that is their um you know focus but covering um children um children's mental health families and the fathers within it and um so yeah that's been really good and then we were doing like homeless um outreach and outreach during the pandemic as well so I had the time to go back and and do these community things I think especially as like a activist and advocate especially in the digital world you can really feel like quite separate from the cause when you're trying to strategize and and you're trying to voice and create sometimes it's nice to go actually go back to the place where where it's Mm. happening and and be present there I think that's so lovely that you did that especially in a pandemic I think Mm. it's it's, um it'd be understandable to feel quite fearful to do those things you know I mean I'm someone who's felt fearful leaving the house let alone you know going to help others which I think is something that I would love to do I think it's brilliant that you did that and also sort of moving on from that or or sort of relating to that in back in July of last year you sort of announced on social media through Instagram that you had joined a network or an activist network work called the campaigner that you had written a, a newsletter for them which and um, they from my understanding they provide up-to-date information on the Black Lives Matter movement how did you become a part of this how did you hear about this like how did it all happen yeah so I actually um created it um oh, wow so you're the founder of it yeah. <laughs> maybe we should have introduced you as that yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's still growing it's still growing so the idea came actually in 2019 I was involved with a charity called Forward which works on preventing violence against girls and women and 
they specialize in sexual violence from in England as well but it derives from places in Africa and the Caribbean particularly Africa where um, things like FGM and sexual violence happens um, culturally Mm -hmm. but they advocate in the UK right so yeah I um, was with them I was a fellowship on on their fellowship and then uh, we created um, I created a project was a social action project which looked into sexual harassment in online spaces and offline spaces but the focus is online and doing that I realized and I heard many stories about you know fellow journalists and female politicians what they get in the media what they get online the trolls the abuse but I didn't realize how bad it really is they are activists in themselves when you're doing journalistic work for people when you're a politician when you are an activist as well self-claimed activist you can face so much abuse online especially if you're female and especially if you're black so the idea came from protecting and creating a protective and healing space for activists I know that they activists fight a scope of different causes right so it has to be kind of bespoke but one thing they share is being able to share these safe spaces like like this podcast and being able to you know um feel like they they can have peers and people that understand really what they're going through when they're facing abuse for putting out you know advocacy work or voicing their opinion when they face personalized abuse about their gender about their race really really dark and horrible Mm. things just for wanting to be a politician just for wanting to fight a a good cause Mm. um so yeah it was really prevalent to me that this is an issue Mm. so I wanted to create yeah an activist network but I didn't know exactly like how I was going to do it I worked with Purpose that social um, change agency before but I I just didn't feel very confident to start my own thing but it was definitely on my mind I was thinking about it and then obviously the George Floyd murder happened unfortunately and the Black Lives Matter movement took off and I thought you know what this is the time to start this yeah definitely I thought your timing was impeccable (laughs) as as soon as everything started coming out I was like oh perfect because I think when you have friends like I've I've known you for a number of years so obviously I follow you on social media this is like the same thing applies to everyone if you've got a friend who suddenly shares a post about something that can help spread awareness and stuff it's great because it reaches out to more people so I thought it was brilliant that you did this what sort of made you think the campaigner like the name I'm not really sure I think what it was and um, this is kind of like the focus for it as well is bringing like activism to the everyday quote-unquote everyday person that may not already be involved in activism themselves mm-hmm. and I feel like we really saw that for the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. that really people took that agency into their own hands obviously mm-hmm. your post as well a lot <laughs> and I've been loving that um and it's like taking it into your own hands and and sharing these things and and having a minute or two to have these conversations within your peer groups and mm fighting for justice right so the campaigner was more like creating activist network where anyone can be a campaigner yeah and 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 creating it like yeah that agency and and self-focus for shared cause Mm. um so you mentioned the murder of george floyd i wanted to ask you do you feel that it's positive that the the movement has now reached more people or is there kind of that frustration that it took yet another public murder to get people's attention yeah so I think for me and I think when you ask anyone that's been you know articulating this and and speaking on these things for a little while and I feel like it it was George Floyd's death definitely but it was also the fact that we were in a pandemic we were locked on our phones it was Mm. so many of these different factors that that contributed to you know it being raised in such a way you know things happen for a reason not relating that to George Floyd's death exactly Mm. but more that it was meant to come to light 
now at this time for it to mm-hmm. really you know take heed and, and and blow up in the way that it did so I really do feel like it was a chain reaction that should have happened like um happened for a reason sort of thing. yeah yeah exactly again not George Floyd's death I yeah. don't think I wouldn't ever put that on no. that but um, the fact that it came to light, it would have come to light in one way or the other. I do really feel like that it was a year of change. I feel like when you're a black person and you've gone through these experiences, be it a lighter skinned black person. So I haven't um, endured and felt what seems to be darker or darker black person um, mm-hmm. has. So that's obviously, but I've had some shared experiences growing up where I've grown up and you see these things. And I think the word trauma is really conveyed what a lot of people were feeling. It's mm. not so much like, oh, it's, it's annoying because it took this to do this. It's just a reminder of our everyday experiences. Right. So mm. It's more like, oh, this again. But it, because it was so violent and so open, it kind mm. of hit a lot of people it wasn't just oh this again this is annoying or it was more like oh, yeah I know that could have been me yeah like it, it was very personal mm. and again it was like contributing factors we're in a pandemic we we saw it again and again and again on our phones that we were glued mm. to it was like a quite traumatic a quite traumatic time and I feel like it was more like having to take very specific breaks Mm. Um, from social media and from the mm. and from the conversation because it's not like you're having a conversation about a, a cause like maybe something that I've worked on before an issue yeah. that I care about but maybe hasn't direct directly affected me it's talking about my life basically mm. it's talking about all mm. our lives that we've lived mm. before mm. Yeah, on yeah. a violent level so mm. it's um so it was one of those things where it was like again it's giving it to someone bigger than yourself and knowing that if I take that break I know that my peers and people who aren't taking a break right now are able to take that conversation right and keep it going and I think that's the great thing about about it that it had many voices the movement had many enablers but I think again that was a process and I feel it was a process of conflicting with you know a certain white people and white people that didn't want to acknowledge that experience Mm. and that was traumatic again in itself because it brings you back to the situation you weren't able to articulate yourself when you were younger and around white people who and you felt oppressed or felt racism and you you couldn't it feels those feelings of that you can't speak out for yourself you, you're trapped mm. you're isolated and it brings back that trauma so mm. yeah it was a it was a real mm. process but um very sad that it took George Floyd again um to die for it to come out and it's very sad that it took a process for people to really understand but again yeah. I don't think it should it should have it should have happened yeah do you um do you feel like the movement is still it has its momentum or do you feel like it's sort of dwindling a bit do you feel like it's I don't want to say stopping because we know it's not stopping but do you do you feel it's slowed down at all in any way yeah I think I think it's just again the process of the movement and what movements are in themselves theoretically when you think about it like there's always going to be different stages of a movement it starts with an incident or like George Floyd it starts with a a big incident that gets people talking and people then are able to speak up about it and then get allyship and then there's the strategists that you know speak further on it and and then and then it disbands naturally it disbands into the communities that it needs to disband into so like I was saying many of us have been doing this you know healing central centered work and have been doing um justice work for a long time 
they were used to something like this happening maybe not on such a big scale but it's not that they join the movement and then they disappear themselves they know that once the attention leaves the work still continues but it just continues within those communities that it is so for example and there's many key players in that um and I think what's good about this movement is that it brought you know the cause to light to the higher levels so there was more government funding there is initiatives now in schools that are you know powerful people having certain conversations there is the diversity and inclusion more in works there is funding again available there are people speaking out about it there are more platforms now open to talk about it so it simmers down but the effect is lasting in in these areas it's connecting people and this is what i you know we would love to do as the campaigner grows but connecting the public again with the narrative mm. so the narrative that has gone into these subsections and mm. showing that the the work is not that the work is finished no, <laughs> and not that it's done properly yet <laughs> let's just get that clear yeah. but, um but that the work is still continuing just not in the same power of, um, not power, not in the same voice as a protest, but mm-hmm. it's just gone beyond that now. I think it's a really interesting way that you've sort of um, worded it, because it's almost like seeing the Black Lives Matter movement as like a lesson, if that makes sense. Like everyone's been invited to this lesson and then not so much that they've left the lesson and forgot it. It's like, right, I've learned my lesson here. I'm now gonna go and teach this to other people. Like the way that you've said, it's not stopped it's definitely still going but it's now being taught within the communities and stuff and it's it's the idea of more communities now have been given this lesson they've more you know like white people are now being taught about what it means for black lives matter and 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 so many other communities as well and i think it's just a really interesting way to word it to to think of it as um when people are sort of in fear that the black lives matter movement has stopped it's like you said it hasn't stopped it's just everyone's now taken their lesson from it and they're trying to apply it i think that's a, a really nice way to to look at it what i kind of wanted to ask you as well actually is from social media there are so many posts about how white people should be they should be getting the information themselves they're capable of researching information and you, like you shouldn't ask a black person to educate you if that makes sense and I wondered what your thought was on that because part of me is like absolutely you should be able you shouldn't be going up to every black person like what should I do it's like take some initiative go and find out yourself but I also wonder is there a danger or of, of some sort where they're educating themselves on something that they have no knowledge of like so they could therefore be getting the wrong information do you mm. feel like like not that those posts are necessarily dangerous but that white people shouldn't feel like that they can't ask you questions like mm. how do you feel about that yeah I think I've debated this question before and I feel like it just comes down to being having a human level a human approach to things Mm. if you if you know that someone's been hurt by something deeply on a traumatic level of which your group that you socially belong to has been the cause of it is it's natural that you that you shouldn't you know pester someone about it and take your own initiative I feel like not a lot of people have that accountability and sense of responsibility whether that's their choosing or how we're programmed as humans to always continually reach to something else to Mm. to gain knowledge and understanding instead of really taking our own initiative and maybe you know understanding things on a level but I think a big part of it is there are books that have that are written by black people that Mm. many many black people have written books and it's it just takes a google search really to to go and find them I feel like a lot of black people did share these resources so I don't think there's a massive excuse for not understanding that you can 
go and find these resources really quite easily. But touching on your point that they might, um, you know, reach for the wrong, maybe they did search and they, and they reached for the wrong source of information. I feel like there, there needs to be a two way. And I feel like a lot of black people were able to have that two way with white people to say, okay, these are the resources and stuff like that. So I feel like that, that dialogue did really happen. But I think, again, when you're traumatized by something and it's, and it's like, we're li- we were living in that moment with George mm. Floyd um, incident, it is like very um, insensitive to to pester someone about something which you can go and Google. Um, And I think it just brings up that trauma again of receiving something from someone and them not acknowledging their role in it, if you get what I mean. Yes. Um, Even if their intentions are good, it's kind of like someone could say something racist to to you unintentionally, but they're not take accountability that it is racist. It's like same kind of thing. We like you're going through this trauma, which you know you're experiencing because of society that we have created. But instead of acknowledging that and taking my my own initiative to then go look up the books that many black people have shared I'm coming to you again and and it just is a sense of unacknowledgement of, yeah. of positions but yeah I think so I definitely back as you can tell I can definitely back the side of, of of people taking initiative and and not being like inconsiderate there is a two-way needed and again this is where the different characters come into play some people might not be able to be resourceful like that black people but they shouldn't have to feel like they should be if Mm. they're going through it mentally and some people are like I'm a bit more open to it but again that's because I haven't felt the certain types of racism that my darker black people would have felt so Mm. it's easier for me to have those dialogues should I be clapped for because I'm able to do that no I shouldn't be because it's easier Mm. for me to do naturally right so again it's just analyzing the situation I think I agree everyone's roles yeah so sort of coming back to the activism side of things there's so many different forms of activism aren't there you have anything from signing petitions to being anti-racist and and learning yourself and then there's things like protests as well and I wondered what do you feel that you relate most to because I feel like you clearly must cover quite a few areas of activism like did you go to any of the protests that happened in London yeah I did yeah I did and I feel like there was like this amazing feeling of unity when I went so for me my activism has always been around like healing the power of healing so yeah my activism is around healing and I think healing comes in many forms and I think there's different stages to it definitely but what protests did for me and for many people was that it let out a lot of this pain that was kept in and harbored in this time that we couldn't let out because we were locked in our houses because of the pandemic you know and also it's traumatic pain and when I say that it's because it's pain that we've had locked away for a very long time and have had to regardless of being in four walls in the pandemic or not so what that did is protest and even the whole movement it acknowledges your pain that you have not been able to maybe not even been able to articulate before as a young black person or as a young woman or you know whatever group you fall into that maybe that you haven't been able to articulate but also hasn't been acknowledged by people that have put that pain on you Mm. unknowingly or knowingly um so what that protest did just released a lot of that pain and brought unity and love when I went there I just felt love I just felt so much love and unity and to release the pain I think people who have worked in trauma will will tell you this once you release the pain you can't just let it sit it's like opening the can of of worms you have to find ways to really let it go Mm. and let it out 
without forgetting about it. And I think process really did that. It released the pain and brought love and unity together. So that was amazing. And then it's like, okay, what's next? (laughs) We've released all this pain. (laughs) We we raised our voices, but what's really next? And I think the work in like policy and continually raising your voice and, you know, signing up for things and writing about things, speaking about things, getting together these key players, which I saw a lot in the movement, a lot of key players come together, a lot of youth leaders as well, because I think when it comes to racism and any form of oppression, who's it passed down to? It's passed down to young people. That's how it continues. Mm. You know, those people, if they're racist, you know, they won't be here forever, but their children will be. So the Mm. next level of it, I think the next level of healing is definitely knowing that okay once I'm healed and my sister's healed and my brother's healed what are we doing now for our futures our futures kids are the future that cliche line but they are so now the healing continues knowing that now you're able to push that onto the next generation of saying okay no we're we're gonna question everything we're taught like we're gonna empower you we're gonna bring self-worth to your identity and that's where the healing continues Mm. yeah I couldn't agree more um I wanted to ask you what does it mean to you to be a woman of color in Britain and you mentioned before that you didn't experience or you haven't experienced as much trauma as those with darker skin than you but can you tell me a bit more do you feel like there have been more or less opportunity um, is it quite competitive for me growing up the biggest thing that I felt was that there just wasn't any representation I brought, I was growing up in a very white um, predominantly white area there was literally like three coloured people I want to say coloured because there was a range so black and minority and two of us were mixed race so like there was really no diversity and mm. there was no social media there was no um, mixed race or person in the media either mm. you know the only media we had was like Beyonce and Rihanna who were American and superstars so it's like <laughs> I really there was really like they really influenced me Beyonce influenced me but that's another story for another day um <laughs> but um there was that lack of representation and uh, I feel like even being you know mixed race and having like uh, a black parent or a white parent who maybe just themselves cannot actually relate to to being mixed race in that way because Mm. they've grown up within their solid black or white communities and not knowing the difference of not having that foundational community so it's Mm. definitely a big part of like finding my identity and yeah that was definitely swayed I mean even um, understanding colorism and understanding that there are certain social benefits of having lighter skin obviously in school I was aware that I didn't face the racism that maybe my darker counterparts did face not that they faced it but that they could have faced Mm. Um, and I didn't have many darker black people around me so I can't actually speak on it properly but it was when I went to London and was around and a lot of darker skinned black people that I realized that there were actual certain social benefits of having lighter skin again that came with its challenges because I'm just me like I'm just me why why am I being prescribed all these things from you know white people black people and this and that but again I can't act as a victim because I know that I do live with the benefits so going back to your first question yeah there was a lack of representation so it's really identity trying to just find myself constantly and I Mm -hmm. think I bore a lot of shame um a constant insecurity and shame thank god I have a crazy (laughs) personality and cool parents because um I was able to just express like I don't know what who I was but I was able to express it in all its joy and form being in social circles growing up in a predominantly white community there was definitely a lot of shame just being there from yourself or you felt that that was given that that shame was 
put on you like you felt shame yourself or like you were made to feel shame I mean looking back at it now as an adult I can tell that I was made to feel shame through the microaggressions through the little sly comments I always had to fight for my social position Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize until I got older that that wasn't actually right but when you're Mm -hmm. younger you bear that shame yourself as Mm -hmm. if something's wrong with you but you can't put your finger on it Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean so even like walking down the street I couldn't like look people in the eyes ever like it's just a lot of shame and I feel like a lot of black people will will feel that but then I think again as I got older there was a lot of like quite a lot of initiatives into getting you know diversity and stuff like that I was an extremely ambitious young person to do what I wanted to do in the journalism industry which is very still predominantly white but again it was because I had lighter skin I have a more formal accent that I was able to really access those areas I know if I was from a different demographic potentially darker skin it would have been harder to get those opportunities but again I I did work really hard for them there's no doubt about that at the same time again I got to these places like I was saying before these big industries and I just didn't feel that they were representative not saying you know the narrative has to be all about me and and black people but Mm. it is about that inclusivity and I just felt that our voices and the real things that people that people you know from my community do want to speak about just weren't in the scope of things because that's how how that's how their businesses run one thing I do want to say though is that I really do want to get away from this narrative this narrative that's attached to black people about being victims okay. being constant victims because even though you know we have faced a lot there is a lot of glory and triumph as well within you know building within our communities and building the new blueprint and stuff like that I feel like for me like trying to navigate through through this with trying to find my identity and in different spaces there has been opportunities and there has been beautiful like instances and realizations and experiences that have come from it and I wouldn't ever want the narrative of victim 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 to take place constantly even though it needs attention in the main narrative but I wouldn't want it to be like something that takes over the beauty that comes from our self-worth our self-identity and how we champion and overcome barriers every single day Mm. but like that really needs to be celebrated definitely so I wanted to know if you ever feel like because like I've said there's so many things now available on social media and um, in general just so much information but do you ever feel that you're not relating to some of the posts that come out do you ever feel that you can't relate to some of the things and stories or experiences um, or information that is put out there are you referring to like the Black Lives Matter movement yeah okay um no I actually do relate to a lot of it if not all of it um I think the beautiful thing about it is that um, black people and black communities have really taken the narrative for themselves and been the key um spokespeople within it and it isn't now from the industries or from those key gatekeepers before to to speak on our experience it's really come from us now the internet has its you know it's a lot <laughs> internet has a lot so just I haven't seen obviously everything so I can't say I agree with everything from what I have seen it's like it again it just touches on this shared experience that a lot of us have shared for a long time and there's different narratives within it there's narratives for black women there's narratives um for gay and queer black people there's all different narratives in it but we can still relate to that shared experience one way or another so I feel like every time I see your post I think 
yes you <laughs> you're my sister you're my bro like whether you're black or white do you know obviously right. understanding so it is relatable you do feel represented when you're seeing these posts then you don't feel like it's like over exaggerated or or under what's the word yeah like it's, it's not one or the other it's accurate for you no I think um yeah it's accurate because it comes from a good place yeah these posts come from a good place and come from the need um a lot of them come in the need of healing and Mm. justice Mm. and it's difficult to argue with that or find Mm. bad things in it when Mm. it comes from a good place for healing and justice and progress you know whoever it comes from obviously everyone has their role to play white people as allies have their role to play so as asian people as allies and and black people also have their role to play so i think that distinction is very important for progress but other than that yeah it, it seems to be all progressive and i think when it comes to the amount I don't ever think there's there's ever too much because we've had different narratives for so long now from birth from other news sites that the more that we repeat these new narratives the more reprogramming is done and I think that's the purpose of it a lot of times people think oh they're talking about it again and again no they're doing it for specific reasons so you look at your phone and you see another update and it becomes normal to you when you see this different representation that's what's that's what's happening so yeah I'm for it even if I'm not for every single event or you know I'm not don't feel a part of every single event I know that it's for a better cause so so you studied multimedia journalism at uni was it something you always had an interest in did you intend to go on to help with political and racial justice and awareness or did that just happen organically for you yeah I think my uni (laughs) was professors probably hated me because everything was about a social cause (laughs) when I when I did it and when I went to uni it was very still much like people have been in the industry for 30 40 years still very old school journalism get your get the news piece out go to court do this this very unemotive very um balanced but it's like how can you be so balanced about something that is really affecting people's lives like you really mm. do have to stick for a side and, um, and and work within that I think we saw that quite recently last year when um, journalists were videoing refugees on the boat and a lot of people argued what is journalism you're here you get to go back to your nice warm studio mm. get to have a, you know lunch with your peers after just filming people who are literally you know so close to death Mm. what is journalism and I feel like this is what I've been thinking for years and this is why I came away from journalism because although it is important I'm not saying journalists aren't important journalists Mm. have done more for us than we give them credit for especially in the past news you know changing changing laws helping change laws helping give news helping bring to light many scandals and many things is very important but now as we as we're getting you know as we're into this new space of change and not accepting the norm it's how far can journalism really go and what is it not doing for us and I feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of people have been able to speak on that and said okay well news is one thing but what are we doing with our communities what healing is focus is around it are you including everyone are you including all everyone's voices or just being sensitive about it a lot of time journalists aren't go back to it journalism yeah 
I was always doing social social causes and maybe my teachers I had clashed with my um, professors a little bit about that I was really interested in like multimedia and UX kind of digital um, campaigning from early on but I didn't know that there was a word or term for it I was just doing it within my like digital assignments like I remember I was pitching once and I brought up like Amnesty International's new like amazing digital page where they had like this interactive timeline and like different like refugee voices with like pictures and videos and I was like oh my god I would love to do this this is and like one of my teachers was like yeah okay and the other one was like why would you ever bring up Amnesty International for a news piece and I was just like you just don't get it and like I feel like these are exact voices that try and minimize like minimize you and, mm. and what you believe and you just have to keep sticking at it and you will find your way and I think you really have to go through those experiences and years doing something maybe that you that you didn't want to do just to get to mm. you to what you actually really want to do yeah was, was that ever I mean it must have been frustrating but to keep having professors sort of be condescending and be like you said sort of just crushing those sort of um natural interests like the, and and good interests that you were having mm. like that's a great example to to use for journalism and the fact that they would have said no straight off the cuff it just seems like that would frustrate me to no end so I, I mean how was yeah regularly for you yeah I mean it, it would have been frustrating if it was the first instant that happened right. but I've literally had this all my life <laughs> when it comes to my identity and who I am so it's not and that, I'm not even just saying that like oh I've endured this it's literally the facts that it's literally the feeling I've had all my life from people yeah. so mm. you just build this muscle up where you're just like okay cool like <laughs> you're like and and it is and it's not so much frustrating it's alienating and where I think when you're young as well and you don't have that firm grasp of who you are and you've gone through these experiences mm. that you are unable to share with other people it mm. can bring you back again to that feeling where you're like I am this small and irrelevant mm. and you're this so I think it did bring me back to that moment and it kind of especially when it's like you're working towards your goals and, and grades and you have to pass yeah so get to your future or your soul that you have to do your degree to actually go out and do what you want in the real world mm. um I think it can be quite disheartening but again it, it taps into that feeling this has happened before I'll get through this kind of thing mm. like, that must have been um, so conflicting for you because it's like no I've got to stick to what I believe in but also mm. like it's almost like I have to follow these certain like yeah. rules and like tick all these boxes in order to get get the grade progress further yeah. and do what I want to do later on so it's like yeah it's just it's disheartening I think um again I was I've been this crazy girl in my own world <laughs> so I I, I did put everything on that I immersed myself in so many different projects that I love to do so it was just like I just went and put it into that but this that is a great like it's a great question a great you know topic talk topic because a lot of people and a lot of black and and, and young people of color face this where they are constantly challenged on who they are and what they are that they that they numb themselves I'm someone that was able to spring it off into creative projects because I had a family who were creative I had a family who who pushed me into these things all the time so I was even though I stumbled and 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 fell and stuff like that and you know it it manifested in not so great ways in some senses I still had that ability to go and do what I wanted to do but that is literally down to my you know privileged circumstances if I didn't have my background and I didn't have my parents who were able to be active in my life if I didn't have these things and 
I come from a black single mother as well. So I, I'm talking on on a not the privileged level. I'm talking on a level where I had parents that cared, but maybe weren't able to be present always in my life. But they had morals and they had certain attributes that they showed me that I was able to, you know, lean on. But when you don't have that at all, it's so easy to have those voices and have those things that constantly come against you in a day-to-day basis and go numb and give up. And this is what we're seeing with young black people who go numb, they give up, they get excluded from school, they get in the wrong um, friend group, which are family to them. They get in the wrong situations and they're disqualified from life. They're disqualified from opportunities. They're disqualified from society and they turn to, you know, horrible things and they're shown as the enemy they're shown as the criminal they're shown as the bad one when Mm. actually it's this again having your identity challenge constantly and minimized that it can be so numbing and such a you know detrimental thing and I think this is like what we're waking up to now it's like okay what's the future the future people the young people like how has my experience how how can we change that for them? Mm. Just to go slightly off topic onto something that you touched on earlier, you spoke about your faith and I wanted to know a bit more about that. When when did you find your faith and how has that helped you? And you, you told us that it has helped you through the past year and I couldn't help but love your positivity. And has that all come from, you think, your faith and finding it? Yeah, I think my faith definitely keeps me going during these times. I think when you come into your faith at a later stage in your life like I did I had parents that came from the church but they didn't want to bring me up in the church particularly they wanted to to let me find my path in it so God has always been present in my life I come from Jamaican family who are very very grounded in God and very grounded in giving that they gave their life to giving being those I I don't know if you're familiar with it maybe you are but um when you have Caribbean and African communities you have that one or two grandmothers of the church or aunties of the church that their house you can go to anyone who has become homeless anyone who is in need will go to their house and and they will feed them they will clothe them they will you know help them get on their feet my family was that family it's only when my mom and dad you know moved from my area that I wasn't going to church but yeah like I said I've got praying grandparents and and they're in my life so God has always had a presence in my life it came particularly at a time I started to go to church in uni a little bit but I just kind of fit it around my schedule just some something I wanted to do but I wasn't 100% you know committed yet even though I wanted Mm -hmm. to be it was only until after uni that I faced a lot of like terrible instances within the span of like three four weeks it was just constant 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 that Mm -hmm. um I had to really just I went through like severe depression around 23 24 years old and I just didn't have the tools or the knowledge of what I was going through and I didn't ask for help I didn't get any of these things so I really just turn to God in that in that instance and it took a real big process of of turning to God as well I led to me getting baptized which is really good I saw the video on your Instagram yeah yeah I I like being open about it I think there's a lot that is painted of religion which I completely understand and a lot of Christians will actually call themselves more people of faith rather than of a religion and I'm I'm in that way as well because the practice of religion practice in the best ways and most inclusive ways and progressive ways but your connection and faith with God is being able to see the light in in a lot of situations and being able to move with grace for yourself and for others and when I say that it's not so much that I'm getting you know angry and annoyed at certain things and certain people but it's understanding not giving them 
the grace to act how they want to act but understanding that then certain circumstances that may might make them feel a certain way or be unknowledgeable in certain ways and if I've gone through a certain situation it is about having that dialogue and that two-way communication to be able to um that healthy and safe safe two-way communication mm-hmm. to be able to create movement and create progression so it does give you that grace you obviously your faith is tested but it's not more when they when I speak about my faith it's not more like just a set of rules I need to follow this 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 to be this 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 mm-hmm. it's a feeling of love it's a feeling of grace it's a feeling of human nature I put my like when we see you on social media talking about your faith because I'm I'm not I'm not particularly religious but I find a lot of peace witnessing other people who are like I think seeing yourself anyway like the the, your your journey and the fact that you do find peace in in your faith you do find moments of calm or acceptance or love or all the things that you've just been saying I I think it's a a really lovely thing that you have that and it and it is quite like a joy for for someone else to see thank you yeah no that's that's really nice yeah I think often we can be separated by these boxes and this is something that I've trying I'm, I'm going to advocate more for but I've been advocating for a while that ticking yourself in a box is is the worst thing you can do even by yeah. profession when you think mm. about it oh I'm just a journalist people tick you off in a certain way mm. I'm a politician when actually like we, we're so many things we're so mm-hmm. many things like even though I say I'm a Christian in a way it's not to say I'm something and you're not or mm. I'm any different it's just that this shared feeling of love and and humanity which Mm. which we all have yeah I I think seeing or hearing everything that you've said to us it's like your life is a combination of your faith your experience of being a woman of color in a predominantly white country a a white town um, schools and stuff and your family as well and and you've really turned it into something that is so admirable just and I'm not saying that just to sort of you know kiss ass or anything like it it really is like the fact that you're using this and you've turned it into to the campaigner as well which I wanted to lead on to as as today's dedication to this um to this episode just to sort of pay homage to it all and everything could you tell people or our listeners how they can sort of get involved with the campaign campaign it is there somewhere that they can look at it or to consume it how, how do they get involved yeah so the campaigner is literally just on instagram we're growing the twitter page as well at the moment it's just like a a page just to keep raising awareness for black issues and justice like i said i want to turn it into a place of healing more so and uh, unity and connection healing comes in many forms as well as seeking justice and raising your voice but also self-education and self-love and unity within that it's been a like a crazy time I feel like a new field has been created where we're learning and we're stepping and we're we're walking together and sometimes fights break out and stuff like that but again everything is a process and we have to go through these challenges to move forward and I just thank you know people like yourselves I see you on social media and I see you creating podcasts like this creating safe spaces where you're open to taking on other people's opinions of people that don't look like you and we're able to find a shared experience it talks about faith today finding that shared experience that love and unity is is the most powerful thing so yeah the campaigner is small at the moment but it will be growing hopefully soon i'm gonna keep going with it just follow the page i am actually looking for someone to join as a social media volunteer intern so if there is anyone listening definitely know. <laughs> involved. so where can they find you it's at is it at the campaigner 
yeah at the campaigner and then there's like a little underscore at the end um, perfect so if everyone can please go and check that out and get involved that would be amazing and try and sort of really push this so that it can spread awareness and spread healing as natalie said so i think the way that we'd like to wrap this up is how we do with all of our guests and it's just by asking what is um your circle made up of as our episode or our um, podcast is called our circle we'd like to know what your circle is made up of my circle is made up of definitely my faith i think sisterhood as well is a really really important thing find your sisterhood however big or small it is just people that can relate to you and can bring healing and accountability as well I think that's one word maybe we've missed out of this out of this talk and I missed myself is that while there is you know changing that narrative especially around black people from victim to you know champions is that part in accountability as well people that can hold you to account so that we can be the best that we can be I think that's a big part of it so yeah faith sisterhood lots of food <laughs> lots of food I think for me um a big part of finding peace is is traveling and and getting out of you know my confinements at the moment we're in pandemic so I can't yeah. wait to travel after this meet new people keep my my mind open and just keep flourishing I think we just need you know that self-confidence especially after this pandemic and everything mm. we've gone through to just like spread our wings and do what we love to do so it's great seeing that you're doing it here oh, thank you <laughs> oh wow um, what an amazing sort of chat to have but thank you so much for coming on here we've absolutely thank loved you. having you and we'd love to have you back as well especially with the campaign and growing which we hope for for you so for anyone who is watching on YouTube make sure that you check out our links in the description to to Natalie's organization of the campaigner and you can follow her as well the links will be there go and check those out please make sure to subscribe to this channel like and follow on all of our social media and we will see you in our next episode thank you bye bye, bye.